Good morning, and welcome back to the Live It Every Now podcast. My name is Jake. And my name is Will. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. How are you? I'm very well. What are we uh, talking about today? Um, well, first of all, it's freezing out, but I'm still happy. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was not done telling you how I was feeling. <laughs> I love how you have to specify you're still happy even though it's cold. Yeah. But you like cold weather. Yeah. Is that why you're happy or you're happy in spite of the cold weather? I'm, I'm happy in spite of the cold weather even though I like cold weather. Uh, that's a little confusing. We're, we're okay. complex individuals. Yeah. Anyway, how complex? today we're talking about a principle that has served me well throughout my life. And it comes from my beautiful mother. She's not old, but like old, O-L-E. Birds of a feather flock together, she used to tell me. Okay. <laughs> birds I'm of a feather flock together. this is not about birds. This is not about birds. This is not about birds. Mm. This is actually about something we kind of talked about, um, I guess, two episodes ago. We talked about environment design. And this goes into the social setting and talks about designing the people in your life, I guess, or I guess that's a little weird to say, but I guess choosing who you hang out with, choosing the people in your life, surrounding yourself with good people and you'll be good. Or, or I guess surrounding yourself with whatever you seek to become or you, what, whatever company you think befits you and doing so intentionally so that you're constantly reinforced, um, with those sorts of attributes Okay, so to summarize the episode you're talking about, you uh, your your point was that your environment affects your habits, and your habits affect who you are. Yeah. And who you spend time with is part of your environment. So who you spend time with affects who you are. Exactly. And I think so much so that it's actually more important than environment design. For example, I think surrounding yourself with people that reinforce good things in you or bad things or whatever are so effective that they're likely to become, um, you're likely to associate with those attributes more than you are even things just in your direct environment as far as like objects. I think it's because we're naturally social creatures that it has such a great impact on us. But I don't know. Do you have any, do you have anything? So I think you're right, definitely, that who you spend time with affects who you are. And I'm trying to think a little bit on the fly about whether that's, something we do consciously or whether we can kind of not control it because it's so ingrained in who we are as people. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly not sure, but what I know is, is every time I've heeded this advice from my dear mom, it's proven to be greatly effective in helping me do what I seek. So for example, I, I seek, to be a good person. I seek to be a disciplined person. I seek to be challenged by my environment. So like moving here and being in closer proximity to you has allowed me to do those things more effectively because I have, I guess, accountability in a lot of ways that drives me to be a better version of myself. And I guess my approach to this uh, adage is I want I want to surround myself with the best people I can so that I can be the best person I can. So this might be kind of a circular definition because probably 
a lot of the things you want, like you want to be kind and you want to be disciplined, right? You learned from the people around you, right? And then that reinforces the kind of people you want to be around. So it's kind of hard to even get started on this path because if you're around people who maybe you're not doing the best things, you're not even going to know you want the best things because you're not around those kind of people who even show you that that's a thing. That's really true. I think we had this really interesting approach to this adage and we had to be particularly invested in the intentionality behind this, or at least I was growing up because we were both military kids. So we were constantly thrown into new environments where we're forced to ask the question, who do we want to spend our time with? over and over and over again every time you move. And I think that gets our picker more refined than most people Mm. have had the ability or even opportunity to. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. When I was a kid moving around, I never was super intentional with my friends. I just kind of hung out with people and then some people I enjoyed hanging out with, so I hung out with them more. And I never thought about it like, oh, I need to be around the best people so I can be the best person. I was never super intentional about it. I I wasn't very intentional until around uh, my late high school years. And that's where I was hanging out with you, actually, and Robert and, you know, our whole friend group. So what did the intentionality look like there? Did you say, like, I want to be around smarter people, happier people, kinder people, or you just didn't like your friend group at the time and then fell into something new? So I think in high school, it's it's kind of interesting because there's so many different buckets, it feels like, and you kind of have to find yourself and find where you fall into. I mean, it's not that serious, but at the same time, it can be disorienting, I'm assuming, for a lot of people. Um, and not that, not that this is a high sc- like how to do high school advice show, but I think our friendship was a result of me seeing something in you and seeing something in Robert and seeing something in Josh and Brad that I could all learn from. And I felt like you guys were better than me in a lot of ways. And that inspired me. And that's why I was not that our friendship was based in me just trying to get something out of all of you, but that that's what made me want to keep company with you guys in the first place. And obviously we have like natural camaraderie that all of us share but I think there, it's it's not unintentional. Mine was totally unintentional, and that's fair. I I, I kind of think you're post hoc rationalizing a little bit because we were just like in the same classes, and then we right. started hanging out. I'm digging into my I'm digging into my psyche, whether conscious or subconscious, and so and I and I would say like afterward, that's what I'm doing, I guess. So yeah, post hoc rationalizing is totally fair, but. But when I'm looking back on it, I'm thinking, you know, why did I want that company? This mm-hmm. is this is where I'm coming from at this point. Okay. So do you think you can kind of train that subconscious muscle to gravitate towards a certain kind of person? Or how do you put this into practice in a way that it doesn't have to be super intentional and you just kind of naturally gravitate towards people who will make you better? Well, honestly, I... I don't think that you should do it unintentionally. I think it should be very intentional process. And I chalk up all the unintentionality behind what I was doing to adolescence. I think that okay. I think that I grew into an intentional approach to this. So let me let me share a little bit. So 
there was a, this is so funny because it's, it's a weird influence, but at some point in my high school career, my mom had always told me this, but it wasn't until I saw like this Ty Lopez ad. And that's like so funny because he's such a scam pyramid scheme type dude. But he had this, he had this ad where he, it was basically an hour long and it was one of those like, is it the one where he's in his garage and he starts off like, it, it, here it, I'm in my garage, <laughs> come get knowledge. It's not that one, but it's a couple after that. If you watch that ad, you get targeted with the retargeting ads that are what I'm about to discuss. Hold so, on. Uh, Did you watch the entire hour? Oh, of course. Yes. What? Yeah, <laughs> of course. That's so um, funny. Anyway, he says something where he breaks down. He says, you are the five people you surround yourself with, period. You are impressionable. You are blank. You are blank. You are blank. But at the end of the day, if you take the five top salaries or you take the five salaries of your uh, top five friends and you average them, that's probably how much money you make. And that really inspired me because what's something at that time I was very focused on was money. And I wanted to get a lot of it. Obviously, I wanted to be quote unquote successful. I've obviously come, I've come very far in my understanding of what success means and what where money sits in that totem pole. But either way, I think there was a lot of weight in that, and it was it was somebody else besides my family telling me something that my family had told me my whole life that all of a sudden made it feel very real. Have you ever experienced something like that where, you know, like your your brother or your sister's telling you something all the time and then you finally hear it from somebody else and they're like, I've been telling you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm slowly learning that everything my parents told me was right. I just <laughs> am too stupid to, I guess, acknowledge that and I have to learn all the lessons myself. No, it's, seriously, I feel like that's our that's part of the human experience that is just, ugh. Yeah, we all have to make the same stupid ass mistakes. So- a few things on that. I really like that he breaks down the the people you hang around into a more concrete component like salary. And that's probably true for a lot of things. Like you will read the number of books as the average of your five friends. Right. Or you'll get the right. the number of hours of sleep of the average of your five friends. That's maybe not like a total rule, but thinking about it much more actionably if you want to run more miles, it's probably easier to do that if you hang out with people who run more miles than you do. Um, You're like not not living with you, Jake. Well, uh, self-discipline and, and being an autonomous person and not being ruled by others is very important here as well. But it's easier to rule yourself when you're around people who are good at ruling themselves. Right. And we talked about something that I think is an important aspect of this conversation a while back that we're trying to take the brain power out of the decisions we make and thus make those decisions easier to make and execute. I think social setting and surrounding yourself with people that are doing a thing that you wish that you were doing, you aspire to do is a very good way to do that. For example, reading or running or sleeping more. If you live in a house with five people and all five people of those all all five of those people sleep eight hours a night. You're probably gonna sleep eight hours a night. If they all stay up till three every night and sleep two hours a night, you're probably gonna sleep two hours a night too. 
At least they get up at 5 a.m. though. <laughs> <laughs> Boys are on the grind. Oh, my guys. <laughs> um, no, but this this principle at this point. So we talked about this in a little bit of an evolution. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm in a hyper realization of this principle and I tr- seek it out as much as possible. So for example, I'm in a career transition and the number one thing I'm looking for is, and I tell all the recruiters this and I'm telling all my interviewees or interviewers this, that I want to be the dumbest guy in the room. I want to surround myself with people that are better than me so that I can be better. And, and in this case, we're talking about something trivial like design or a hard skill like design, but it, the, the rules still apply. If, if I, for example, I'm so driven, I'm so driven to be better than I was yesterday. And I have, I would say on a scale factor of one to 10, I have a nine and a half of wanting to be better every day. I don't want to say 10, but I, I very much want to be better every single day. I literally journal about it every single night. Even with that f- scale factor of wanting to be better, there's only so good that I can be without outside influence. I can only get so good. So I need the prompting of people that are better. Like you don't know what you don't know, for example. It's all about idea exposure. Right. Right. So if I can get in the room with scale factor nine and a half, wanting to be better, and everyone else is better than me, the growth is crazy. The growth is crazy. At the, at the studio, I knew nothing. So everyone had something to teach me. In one year, I had learned more than I had learned in the past five by myself. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's kind of the power of this, this adage when you start to live it intentionally and seek it out. So a, a little bit of an uncomfortable converse to this principle is that mm. you only have five people in your top five, right? which means if you want to add someone into that top five, someone else has to come out, which means somewhere down the line, you're going to have to choose to get rid of a friendship or cut that person out of your life because that person isn't making you better. And that kind of goes hand in hand, but I don't think that gets talked about as much as the other corollary. I think that's a really good point to bring up. I don't think it has to be as drastic. I do think that you should be constantly prioritizing people that make you better and add value to your life. But I think cutting the friendship off is only necessary when they're perpetuating badness in you or evilness or things that you don't want to see from yourself. If all your friends do drugs and stay up late, then those would be better friends to distance yourself from. I don't necessarily know if you need to cut them out of your life, for example. I, I agree, but, 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 but still. Yeah, but you do. that's going to happen naturally when you start spending time with other people. But right. A lot of it has to be intentional, and it's easier to start by cutting someone out than it is to start by adding someone in. And by cutting someone out, I don't mean stopping all relations with them, but that's you know, very true. slowing it down. I guess if, you, I, I guess if you're in a point where you're hearing this kind of conversation for the first time and you're hearing these ideas. And I don't think that many people have not heard this before, but if you want to start living this intentionally, I I imagine it's better to start cutting badness out of your life than adding good. Like that's the first step you should take. I don't know what you think, but I think it's a much easier step. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think you're gonna start to have your own opinions at that point, for at least, and then from there you can figure out what you want, and then surround yourself with those people. Mm-hmm. Um, it can, it can be environment can be very disorienting when you are in one that you don't realize is toxic, and it's so weird to be in environments that you don't control. Right. Like if, right. If you don't even have, if you don't have the the tools to gain knowledge, then you kind of inherit this sense of helplessness. Right. Um, and until you have the knowledge to learn a new paradigm, then you're kind of stuck and you, when people feel stuck in the, in their current paradigm, we're really good at rationalizing that and contextualizing that in a way that makes it feel like our fault, even though a lot of it is just our environment. So we, we Mm. think, you know, if I've failed at, you know, trying to make myself better, it's just because I'm not good enough or I don't have the, the determination or the willpower or something. Um, but really, it's not necessarily our faults. We just lack the knowledge of a better paradigm to actually make it work. That's interesting. Do you have any examples? So. No pressure. If you don't, that's fine. But I've been reading a lot about autonomy and being in control of your environment in a context of computing because computers are such a big part of my personal life and, and my my day-to-day work, I've realized the value of having complete control over a system. But in order to gain control over that system, you have to have the tools to learn about it. And you have to be able to introspect and it has to be extensible and the pieces have to be able to talk to each other and you have to be able to learn by doing instead of like sitting down with a book. So it's kind of hard to apply this straight back to the principle you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I think it's true that when someone gets stuck in life, it's giving them knowledge is the first step, which is what we're trying to do right here. Right. Or, or exposure to new ideas. I think, for example, if we bring this back into this, this conversation that I'm talking about, the first thing I would do if I felt stuck or like my life wasn't going the way I wanted it to, to be, is change my environment immediately and go in a completely new setting and shake things up. And I guess we've, again, because we were military kids, we're privy to that value of shaking things up and starting fresh and understanding. And I'm not saying you have to move to another country or move to another state even, but go on a week vacation alone and and see where your head's at. See what actions you take. Take take accountability for not not accountability, but take account for the actions that you take alone in a vacuum and then figure out who you really are, I guess. I think that's a really good way to check yourself is just because you're, you kind of cut off the outside influence or mm-hmm. if you're having the same ideas all the time, maybe change up what you read. I don't know. Okay. So I'll admit that I'm honestly pretty bad at doing this thing you're talking about. This last step? I was talking about the whole thing, just choosing who I'm around intentionally. Mm. I, I've gotten lucky in my life that the people I've subconsciously chosen Interesting. have have worked out pretty well, and I've had really really good friends who've taught me great things. But I rarely was intentional about it, and I think something I could improve on right now is trying to be more intentional about it. Because pretty much the only person I hang out with in a day to day life is you. Right. So at least I'm kind of in this like knowledge silo where 
either I'm giving ideas to you or you're giving ideas to me. And there's not a lot of like crosstalk between other people who could be making us better. Right. And like you were saying, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And we don't know what we don't know. Exactly. So getting like more people in our social circle who know things that we don't know, I think is going to be really important for us. I a hundred percent agree with you and think that we both would benefit from outside influence and getting new ideals. Um, I've been in sort of a state of flux, but I feel like just in career, whatever. Um, I feel like my life in Denver hasn't really even started. I feel like I've been gearing up for a life in Denver for six months now. Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited to do things like go to the MMA gym because now granted I'll find some crackheads there for sure. But I will also find some people exactly like me in the aspect of just wanting to be better than they were yesterday. And I actually think the majority of people in the MMA gym are like that, despite what people's perceptions from the outside are. But if you go into an MMA gym or particularly a BJJ gym, like a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym, the humility, grace, knowledge in those rooms is really amazing. I've, I've, I've just been, now this, this episode's turned into a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> but every time I've been to a well-established one, everyone has just been oos brother, oos brother, oos brother, which is just, I don't know. Everybody says oos. I don't know what that means. <laughs> nobody knows anything. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no, I didn't mean to say nobody knows anything. I was like, nobody knows really what oos means, but oos is just like, um, I guess like, have you ever been surfing? Yeah. Once. Okay. So, oh, okay. <laughs> well, if you're surfing a lot, people will just kind of give you a shaka. And that's, that's like a hand symbol where your finger, your thumb is out and your pinky's out and the rest of your fingers are closed and you shake it a little bit. And it's like, what's up, brother? Or it's like, good job, brother. Or it's like, hello, bro. It's all of the above. And us is, is similar to that. And any us strategist or, uh, librarians or I guess I guess like people that know Oos better than me are gonna come and like dissect what I just said but everybody says it in the MMA gym I've never even heard of Oos really yeah. you know the dap that you do when you do the BJJ like when you're about to fight mm -hmm. afterward you know dap's the start but Oos is after at least what I've been you just say Oos you yeah. just say the word Oos yeah O-S-S I've never heard that. That's and then crazy. like when master says something or, if, uh, or a teacher or, um, uh, what do they call him? Uh, professor, professor, professor. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, professor. <laughs> when professor says something, whole gym. Oos. What? Bro, we've been going to different fucking it's like, gyms. Hoorah. It's like hoorah from, from the army. Mm, I don't, that, you know, people don't say that as hello. Hoorah. <laughs> I guess, I guess you don't really say oos as hello. That's what I mean, because the dap's the dap is like. Okay. Anyway, so this it's, is it's just an affirmation. Okay, it just means okay. <laughs> we, Got it. We have drifted. However, I think there's a lot of value. So, in, what are in some other places like the the gym or someplace where you can meet people who will make you better? Honestly, consistently. Honestly, we need help here. That's, we, that's why I was asking. <laughs> I don't know. I've been using COVID as a little bit of a crutch to totally. To not socialize. Yeah. But even when COVID's over, I don't know where I'm going to really start. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I'm thinking like, the, the, do they have board game clubs here in 
Denver. Like they have I'm that. I'm sure they do. They have that in New York City where it's basically a bar, but everybody's playing some sort of simulating board mm-hmm. game. Some not so stimulating, to be completely fair. Okay. But oftentimes you can find like a good game of uh, what's uh, what's that shit? Catan. Catan or Risk or something like that, okay. where people are actually you know trying to think a little bit as they're playing this board game, and you, you can probably run into some interesting people there. Um, you gotta go to trivia night. Oh, dude, trivia night's trivia. so fun. Oh, especially when you're like the youngest person there. Like I, every time I've been to trivia, I've been the youngest person there. Most people I go to trivia with, I've ever been to trivia, has been like 65 and above. Mm. <laughs> They're like, yo, what's this cat doing here? <laughs> They're probably pretty good at trivia. <laughs> they are. They take that shit seriously too. They place bets and everything. It's crazy. <laughs> anyway, um, so you, I, I'm, I'm kind of shocked to hear that you hadn't been intentional about your birds of a feather flocking together. <laughs> Maybe a few times, uh huh. But mostly, it's been removing relationships and not adding them. I was just going to ask if you had implored it more on the negative side when you feel like there's a negative space, mm-hmm. just being like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And honestly, there have been times in my life where I've kind of engaged in relationships that I knew were bad for me, <laughs> just because like I I was bad at doing this. Like I I was. I was bad at having boundaries and saying what what it was I really wanted. Interesting. I went I went through a phase where I was too good at cutting people out of my life, and I realized I had cut everyone out of my life. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, hold up. Let me reapproach this whole thing. <laughs> so in my, my freshman year, I just was on this wave real hard of college, my freshman year of college, and I got done with the first semester, and I was like, wait, I have no friends. Um, there has to be a balance between cutting people out and adding people. No, in. for sure. So, so what, what really helped me and reapproach the situation and work back up to where I'm at now, which is a much more balanced approach to this. I don't even think you have to cut people out of your life. I just think for the most part, I think there's, there's outliers, but for the most part, friends are on different levels, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And tearing them is a sort of strategy that I kind of do like, I create more distance. Bro, you're a tier three friend, bro. Yeah, dead ass. <laughs> Stop texting me, bro. You're tier three. <laughs> but creating more distance with the ones I know are not making me eyes better. and mm-hmm. But I still love them. Anyway, back to the point that I wanted to bring up that helped me get out of the place where I was cutting everyone out of my life. I realized that everyone has something to teach you. And everyone is valuable. And everyone lives a different life than you and has different experiences to to show you. And they don't have to be a tier one friend, but 99% of people can teach you something. And if not all people. And that principle really helped me to approach people with love and sincerity and genuineness and develop real friendships, whether they're a tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, tier seven friend. Yeah, I have seven tears, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> now people are going to be stressing about what you I know. I know. <laughs> I'm fucking kidding, guys. <laughs> so there definitely is something there where you you can't be a dick. Like, There's no point. Yeah, just because you want to be intentional about who you spend your time with doesn't give you like the the right to walk around and just be a dick. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't want to spend time with you. You're not making me better. Exactly. And I've seen that a lot, actually. When people 
first start getting it, like, after everybody watches the Ty Lopez video, they come out and they're like, fuck you, I don't want to, like, why you got to be like that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You could just slowly distance yourself and they will probably do the same. It's okay. Uh, I wanted to talk about this one principle. When you do start kind of distancing yourself from people, there's a couple lines that you get from those people. Oh, why we never hang out anymore? Quote, unquote. Oh, man, you changed up. Quote, unquote. (laughs) why you switch up on the squad like that quote unquote look you're on your own (laughs) you're your own you're on your own captain on your own ship and you got to do what's best for you at the end of the day and i think you should lead your life with love and integrity and sincerity and be kind to all but i do think on that journey while you're being kind etc you have to prioritize what's going to get you to where you feel you need to be in this world. And I I think you should do so gracefully and not be mean to people and um, not, not leave a blazing trail behind you. And I think you can do it tactfully. I think we're on that, on that wave. Um, but it, but it's important. It's important at the end of the day because you're going to be alone when you die at the end of the day, you, 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 you die alone. Everyone dies alone. Everyone dies in their own mind and dissipates into whatever future that is beyond the other side. And you have to be, I think you have to be okay with that and realize that, you know, I have me in this world and really that's it. I love all these other people and I, and I, you know, I'm here to create relationships. I think that's very, very important, but at the end of the day, you die alone and you got to prioritize what's going to make you happy. Okay. Do you ever feel like there's situations where you would not distance yourself from someone because you know you would make them better? Like they're not going to make you better, but you know, you want to be a friend to them because you can help them. So if everyone has this mentality, then it's kind of a zero sum game because you're never going to be able to be friends with someone better than you because they don't want to be friends with you. Right. They only want to be friends with someone who's better than them. Right. So when do you look down and like, this sounds so like hierarchical, like, oh, we're going to pull these people up. Like, oh, we're better than them. But that's not how it is. Of course. No, like, yeah. Everyone has value. Everyone has something they can teach you. Right. But there there are situations where there's there are people who are struggling, people who are in a rough spot. And you mean, you're not, you don't want to distance yourself from those people because you're probably going to learn a lot by being friends with them. Right. Maybe not all the time, but I don't know. What do you think about that? I just don't think it has to be so judicious and or um, utilitarian or I guess totalitarian. But that's what you were just talking about. You were saying at the end of the day, there's just you. It is very utilitarian. Well, it is, but there's so much nuance to it, which was what I was trying to say while I was getting to that point. Okay. Like you have to prioritize you, but there is so much nuance. Like you have to lead your life with kindness, empathy, and respect and love at the end of the day. And when you, like, I guess when you feed those things in yourself and those, by those things, by those things, I'm referring to the love, empathy, respect for all. I genuinely think that you can make that decision a little bit more rationally when you feel you need to. So understand honestly with every conversation that we have here that there's dichotomies that rule this world and there's nuance to every mental model every adage every philosophy we preach and it it can't be that way all the time so 
I don't have a good heuristic for, you know, reaching down to pull people up or whatever, what, whatever we were trying to get at. Find a better way to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a good heuristic for being the best in the room. Um, but, and I, I think, I think there's some overlap between you being the best in the room and being the worst in the room. Um, as far as time goes, you kind of figure that out that you're the, you're the best, you're the best in the room now and you need to get to a new room. Yeah, I, so I there's mean, some- I imagine being a mentor to someone is an incredibly rewarding experience. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So that's a really good point, but there's some overlap, like just in your regular social setting, you being friends, besides you explicitly being a mentor, mm-hmm. you, there's, there's some time that you have to take to recognize it doesn't just happen immediately where you now realize that there's a new room that you need to be in. So during that time, you will be the best in a room and be bringing those people up with you. Yeah. So, but I think I think you constantly have to be in balance and and be very intentional about give and take in your own energy, whatever that means. <laughs> but what I what I'm getting at is that you know, you give a lot and you you take in a lot and you have to be balancing those things all the time. If you give too much, you're going to be depleted. And if you take too much, you're going to be gluttonous. So you need to be in a place where you're both giving and taking hopefully equally or net equally. And I think if we're all leading our lives with that principle, then we're all bringing up as we enter the new room anyway. Mm -hmm. But I think explicitly also being a mentor is very valuable as well. I'm interested in, communities that are specifically designed for this kind of interaction you're talking about, uh-huh. like making it easy to be a mentor and have mentees and pull people up while getting pulled up in a community that fosters that, the mindset that we all want to grow individually, but we can grow more if we help each other. Oh and my God. That's kind of one of the visions that I want for living every now. I I see that vision just in the... New York creative space that I've just come from is the people that are succeeding the most help the most. And not that that's why they succeed. I mean, I think that probably is why they succeed. I don't think that's why you should help people is my point. I, but, but there's a very real kind of karma to this world and whether karma, the traditional principle is very real or not, but the principle of give and take is very real. And I, and I genuinely feel that giving is an extremely good part and an important part of your own success. Mm-hmm. I think you can, I think you can be selfish as fuck and keep everything to yourself and still be successful. But I think it's such an unfulfilling route to success. When you when you brought up your whole community and everyone around you is successful because you're successful, that's some that's some real G shit. Honestly, that's, that's what I aspire to be. Yeah. It's kind of like how it, the best way to learn something is by teaching it to someone else. If you want to learn a specific kind of math, wow. like be a tutor in that kind of math. That's really, that's it will really actually smart. make you better at it. That's smart. That's smart. I want to shout out Kid Super because I feel like they have just given. No one knows who Kid Super is. Okay. Sorry. Kid Super is a clothing brand out of Brooklyn. They've, they've risen in popularity over the last year, two, three, astronomically. Versus the last six to ten that they kind of petered a little bit, and and it may seem like that, but it's it's just a snowball tail ends. We've discussed this. Um, 
or at least the road to to success in in like social affluence is snowballistic. Regardless, the entire time I've interacted with anybody from Kid Super and any time that they've been like many times rather they've been in the community giving 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 but anytime i've interacted with anybody from that camp it's been you know i'll help you how can i help you do this how can i can i how can i do this for you to do this and they're getting to a point where they're wildly successful and that's very inspiring because they take this approach of bringing up all the people around them as they go um if you don't know Russ, for example, slept in the kid's super basement for a year, putting out a song a week when he was doing that whole song a week thing. Uh, Lolo Zawai is a popular pop artist at this point. I guess kind of, I would say like B-list, but she's fantastic. She was in the kid's super basement for a while, living in Brooklyn. They, uh, Safa Gaw, uh, probably C-list or D-list, but he's he's incredibly talented too, and he's been living in their basement. And not that they just have this basement that they house artists in, but that's their that's the way they lead their lives. That's the way uh, Colum and Foda and all the guys there lead their lives, and I think that we should definitely be trying to emulate that model as best as possible because it's just rewarding. It's so rewarding to give back and then also see everyone else come up because of your own success. And I, I try, I try to take that now as much as possible. I want to like on our discord, I hope that that's what we feel like we're doing. And I feel that's what other people in our discord feel like is being done is we're trying to, you know, we, we don't have it all. We're not the smartest people in the world, but we figured a couple things out. And as we figure those things out, I want to share that with as many people as possible, right? Like you and I have such a happy and fulfilling lives for the most part. And for other people not to know that is a shame. We should, we should be sharing with them how, how we are living a happy and fulfilled life. I feel. And you know, there's, there's a codification to that somewhat that can be shared very plainly. And I think that's why we're here. You and I, (laughs) yeah, for the most part, it's exciting thesis thesis on sharing with the community did you know that about kid super that russ slept in the basement and stuff no i mean i haven't followed russ but <laughs> i've heard a few of his songs <laughs> well i mean at this point dude is you know more successful than kid super yeah right but that's that's the kind of energy i want i want people to be i want i want to hoist people up so they can go way further than we could mm-hmm. you know that's just that's beautiful that's that makes me smile that's beautiful shit yeah, it's cool to to not have your ego attached to success like that. Right, right. I mean, I'm sure it's easy for them to be jealous of that, but I'm sure they're not. I'm sure they're not. Yeah. I'm sure it's just like, hey, he's winning, we all winning. Of course. And that's that's exactly the mentality I want um with this culture, etc. But I guess the the point of this is that there's nuance to this conversation, but for the most part who you surround yourself with is very much a part of your own identity and who you are and who you become. So it's it's important to take that intentionality, I feel personally, to kind of construct that environment, put yourself in situations where you're the worst in the room a lot of the time, and then lead your life with love and empathy so that you're bringing up people the whole time that you're entering new rooms. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Cool. I think that's a great episode. <laughs> Beautiful. Where can they find us? 
uh, Twitter and Instagram, we are at Living Every Now. Our website is livingevernow.com. There's a link to our Discord below. Amen. Thanks for being here, boys. Thanks and for girls. Being with me. <laughs> Bye-bye. You're welcome, bro. Bye.